The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Ben Holland. I'm Trevor Flynn. And I'm Jack Newman, and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast this week. Uh, we're breaking down a possible uh, Academy Awards for Best Picture nominee that we just had to talk about. We're going to be talking about Parasite. You guys excited this week? Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen this, but I'm still excited to talk about it. Same. Yeah, I saw it a while ago, and I don't know why I didn't push us. I think it was just a busy yeah. time to watch it, but this is a, a definition of yeah. a film too good to... Uh, Ignore. It's been sticking around uh, just past yeah. thirty million dollars in America, which is quite impressive for a foreign film. So this is it one well. that people are, are are actually going out to see. So it's and it's you know got nominated for an Oscar. It's the first uh, uh, foreign language film to win Best uh, Ensemble at the Screen Actors Guild Awards. This one feels a little a little different than the usual foreign films that uh, come and go and are beloved only by nerds like me. Yeah, so, I mean, again, this is, we're going to be reviewing, uh, this, is, this is Parasite, 2019 film by Bong Joon-ho. It's up for an Academy Award, so it's, I think, I think for me, the reasoning is, like, we're always going to try to round out, or at least partially talk about most of the Academy Award-nominated films for Best Picture. Uh, yeah, and this is, again, this is a Korean foreign language film. Bong Joon-ho is best known for, uh, I guess, I would say Snowpiercer, Okja, maybe, uh, probably Snowpiercer because I'm a nerd. That's probably the thing and that the, comes and the up. And the host, the host is a huge. The host, hit. yeah, the host I mean, is huge. Those are the two I've huge. seen because they're the two on Netflix, as far as I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's done other things. I mean, he was he was like he was he's not like that's not the limited thing. Snowpiercer was his breakout kind of Netflix based uh, role. I don't think Snowpiercer was Netflix based. It wasn't. It was uh, it was a theatrical production. It's but again, Weinstein's. it's. it's Yes. Those, Ooh, those. that's yeah. And that's uh, infamously, was, like every other those. foreign film director that the Weinstein's got a hankering to, uh, they wanted to cut the shit out of that film. But uh, really, we really need uh, somebody. Is is it weird to me to say, like, all shit aside, we really need somebody to come into the industry and do what he did and just like not be a terrible person? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's like exactly what. Like, <laughs> it's like, like huh. it, the controlling it's dick was a terrible person in real life too. Wow. Interesting. Who would have guessed? Yeah, it's fine. Most of Hollywood. Hollywood. Pretty much everybody. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stories. It's one of those things. It's it's kind of one of those things, too. It's like, you know, I don't want to I don't want to bring it up now, but we're like we have Kobe Bryant's death and it's I was like, I feel like the statute of limitations on 2003 and everything else. It's like we don't talk about it. I don't know. Anyways, that's a a reporter got fired for tweeting like, hey, why? Why? Yeah. 2003, like got. You know, and did they like- it was a serious. It was a serious allegation. She took it to trial, and then she like settled after the fact. Like, uh, uh, it's I, it's just weird. It's well, weird. It's thirteen. Let's not delve into the Kobe. Yeah, shit. It's, it's weird cool. to me. It's weird to me that Me Too has like a statute of limitations now at like seventeen years. It's like the thing or whatever. I don't know. Let's not talk about it. Let's definitely not talk about it. Uh, God, that was so off topic. Anyways. Let's talk about Parasite. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about a film that's not about the complications of modern living at all. No, definitely right. not. Right, no. <laughs> Greed and class discrimination threaten the newly formed symbiotic relationship between the wealthy Park family and the destitute Kim clan. 
Where do you call him? Clan, I guess. Anyways, the 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 core idea here in Parasite is that it's a wealthy, it's a wealthy South Korean family. Uh, there's there, there's kind of like a poor family, and then the son of them, who's like again, you know, kind of like the educated member of the uh, of the Kim family, decides to try to fake his way into being a tutor for this wealthy family, and then slowly they bring in all they fake bringing in all these other members of his family until every member of his family has a job in the wealthy household uh, using their house and kind of, uh, you know, essentially lying to them, but also kind of being parasites. Thus the title roll credits. Uh, I hate that. I hate that I do that. I really don't even like that video series. I don't know why. But of course, like uh, any good title, it's like, who's the real parasite in this situation, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Right. It's it's exactly the thing. It flips back on itself because the, the rich family is very, very terrible. And so it's like, the question is, is like, you know, it, 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 it makes it seem like they're inherent parasites, but then it has the flip side of it. And then there's a second act thing where somebody's like, uh, you know, there's there's the second act element where it turns out that the, the housekeeper has some somebody living downstairs and and this the previous owner of the house and all this other things and then everything goes crazy and people get murdered at the end of the film and somebody's trapped inside the house that's a short summary version of it's it. all the spoilers well, all in one nice i don't know I, <laughs> there was a, there's a spoiler warning at the top no, of the show sure. this, like, this, this is one of the podcasts where i'm very glad we have spoiler talk because uh, also holy shit like i don't even talk about I, I wouldn't even begin to talk about this movie without spoilers to begin with because why would you um and also to the same extent, I did I did want to bring this up too. I think one of the the best things that I'll come around to this, and I know that I'm stealing this from other things, but it's got this. It has the, the nice thing about this movie for me, other than the fact that it left me like wobbly legged, was like it, it has a very Hitchcockian vibe in terms of being all one individual set. Like there's essentially a couple of locations, but most of the action takes place in the house, which has a very oh, yeah. defined set. That house is a character. It, yeah, the house is a character, the setting is a character, and the characters move around it. And all how, like, the, the people have this notion of, like, feeding off them and feeding off each other. And it, it just, there's a lot of really great cinematography and just great film working here at the all. I'm not sure how necessarily, I mean, there's depth to it, but I'm not sure there's, it, like, the best films, I'm not sure there's, like, depth outside of, like, your ability to, like, understand it. Does that make sense? It has, like, I think it has depth at a great level. But uh, let's let's actually let me, or I'm talking a little too much. All right, Ben, what what did you think about this movie? Uh, I fucking adored this movie. I thought it was incredible. I I, I absolutely am in love with this movie a lot. Uh, I, I've been a big fan of Bong Joon Ho's for a while, but I was usually more of a Park Chan Wook person uh, of the South Korean auteurs. Um, there's a lot of great South Korean directors out there, but those are the two you know we we tend to see the most there. of. And frankly, it's just a problem of. I know South Korea likes a lot of movies. Uh, only so many get translated and released in America, and they tend to be from the same three or four people. Oh well. Um, I, but I always liked his films. Uh, particularly, Memories of Murder is just a and Mother. I think are masterpieces. Uh, his bigger epics, uh, I don't tend to like as much. I'm not a huge Snowpiercer fan, and I just kind of liked Okja and the Host. But uh, this, for me, is, is is his masterpiece, and I think one of the best films. Uh, not just it was my number one film of last year, and probably one of my best films of the decade. Uh, I'm, I'm starting out strong with this one. Um, yeah, apparently, Jesus, it's remarkable. And I think what makes it so good is 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 just as a combination of several things. Like you said, it is that Hitchcockian element of this is just the tightest drum of a first hour I've ever seen. Yep, it is. 
so slick and just moves at this incredible pace. You look at it has watch replaced all of a sudden you Back look, to the Future. Oh, really? For like, I'm, I'm joking. I'm making a joke because obviously this is in, this is way more tight than Back to the Future, but but it is <laughs> tightness, tightness, and good, solid, simple filmmaking that is so easy to read is the name of the game. I here. mean, heist films are are so perfect for cinema just because they play with all the best elements of cinema, which is you know montage, music, uh, pacing, movement. You know, like all the things that make cinema great. And this is a very interesting thing where it's a heist for jobs. It is like this, let it, how do we con our way into just having decent paying work, which is very interesting and never kind of as blatant as it sounds. It's sort of funny about Parasite is that the articles explaining Parasite will be far more leaden than the actual film Parasite, I think. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I think in this podcast will probably be more led in than actually watching yeah. the film Parasite <laughs> yeah. because it certainly is a very powerful allegory about class, but it is just a very entertaining drama. It is just a very well-told drama that is an hour of very interesting stuff. And you're like, wow, that, okay, well, they must get found out now on obvious things. And then it just takes this incredible twist where yes. literally at the hour mark we go, Okay, well, what's actually in the basement? What is at the rotten core of this society, really? And it just completely explodes from there in, in a very fascinating way. I mean, the first I hour I had trouble is containing so myself in the theater when that it's happened. incredible when she's like, go down there, and she's like just pushing on the bookcase, and you're like, what? Movie. Which is strange and hilarious at Am the same I time. But now? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> because it was yeah. like, is this us now? <laughs> is this like... Right, right. Is this like a bunch of horror movie? Is it like a Dust Till Dawn thing? Is it secret zombies or vampires or something? Like it is... I thought for sure that the movie is going to be a vampire movie because um, Korean vampires are a common, uh, a classic kind of trope. Uh, and uh, it's just something about the poster maybe like "Eh, I'm feeling vampires (laughs) so I'm glad it didn't go vampires Um, but yeah just just that combo of like the first hour being so tight so perfect so just ugh and then the last bit just being like fuck I didn't see this coming (laughs) it's like really intelligent class commentary ending with I think one of just the great endings like just a, yeah, a jaw-dropping final sequence. Like, oh, good! You even like the ending. That's the ending has been, I, I guess, maybe divisive to some people. I liked it. I it was. I think it's a good ending because it makes you think for a minute that you're not going to like it, and then it sure it it turns again. <laughs> yeah, it turns. It turns again. That's the that's the. I think that that final turn is very important. Uh, I I I understand. I understand. I have this. I, I I completely understand anyone that says this is not their favorite movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think I think it will be. I think people will. I think it's undeniable how good this movie is. I think that not having a preference for it is totally understandable. Sure. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's. I think I think it's. It's very. It's 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 it's. I think I think and I do think that things. I think the. I think I am more inclined to the earlier bits of it and just sort of like. I guess for me a little bit, uh, you, you talk about the rotten core and the discovery at the bottom of the basement downstairs. I think, yeah, it lines up all with the allegory and it is, but I think it's still weaker than the perfection of filmmaking of the first hour. Does that make sense? I, I, do, I do think the first hour is 
just insane. For sure. And I don't know if it could even have held on to that. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think you can. I, don't, I just like especially like this, the tuberculosis sequence and like other people have brought that up and, and like have whole videos about it now. It's it's perfect. <laughs> right. Uh, I, have a, is, I, I forgot I have a video to watch on this. Nerdwriter did a video, a montage video, but I was just going to say, yeah, the montage is a big part of what I think holds that first half together too. Yes. Yeah. The use of montage. And, really and then, and then it becomes much more literal events in the space. They're trapped in the space, which it, it tightens the movie and is really good for dividing the acts. But still it's like the montage just her like walking away, blowing the peach fuzz off the peach. And it's just, oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and the reveal really of the ketchup and like what it all meant and another kid, the hot sauce and like what it all meant. Yeah. Cause it like, circles a background on the hot oh, sauce yeah. and everything else. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. just like, yeah. Which again is just like classic heist movie stuff, where it's just like, mm, it's putting all them pieces together and just letting me watch it. Which I think again, like I've noticed, it's a very American thing that uh, uh, we like our heists to go wrong in our movies, but then they get it all together at the end. Where like in like European and I guess now Korean uh, films, it, it's like the heist is perfect. It's always flawless. And I kind of prefer that in some way. Like the French way is like the heist goes perfect, but then they're just too much of bastards and they kill each other for the money right. and stuff. But like right. the heist itself is always just like, wow, perfecto. <laughs> like Rafifi is like the perfect, like, oh, just mm, professionalism. <laughs> and I kind of prefer yeah. professionalism of just like. I, I do it. I think, I think I understand the American methodology because it's like save the cat. Like you have to have that twist and, if if the goal of the movie is the heist, you have to have the twist in the heist, or at least is that's what leads to like I guess Ocean's Eleven syndrome, where everything there's like a twist on a twist on a twist on a twist. Yeah, um, there's no way this plan was even reasonable to begin with. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised we haven't just brought up straight Rick and Morty yet. Like the perfect heist is the one that's never written is their philosophy in right. the parody episode. <laughs> I'm sure we're all thinking of that. Uh, just put it out. Well, there. what what did you think? Trevor, we haven't gotten your yeah, overall take. We haven't talked to you. Oh, this is easily one of my favorite movies I've seen in quite some time. Um, I, I love the dark comedy of it. It's also my favorite of Bong Joon Ho's movies that I've seen. Um, which again, I've only seen Snowpiercer and Oakjo. I have a feeling I'd like kind of some I, of the more pulpy you, kind of murder mystery you, type I'd stuff. I'd say if you like Parasite, Mother is the one. Mother and Memories of Murder, but I think especially Mother because Mother has that yeah. kind of a similar element of like. The payoff in Mother, like, it's a solid movie, but it has an incredible ending when you realize I, what that movie was about the entire time. I would also say that Snowpiercer and Oakjaw, which are his two most, I think, known movies in the U.S., are definitely infinitely weaker than Parasite and Mother. Uh, I like Snowpiercer as much as the next person, but it's, you know, it's... You know, it's slots and, it, and it's a good example of like, yeah, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good thing. <laughs> and it definitely puts itself in its own genre and is good inside the context of the genre, I think is the point. And also the only thing is like, this one has such a, it's one of those things where this is, has such a beautiful class metaphor oh, and that yeah. one has the clunkiest oh, yeah. of class <laughs> metaphors. Quite, it's very uh, overt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, it's, it's really funny to see. The in the back of the train and the yeah, rich people holy are shit. in the front of the train <laughs> and the gears are run by children. That's like okay. <laughs> oh I enjoy that movie too when it's schlockier. I like that I movie know, when I it's know, just yeah. like we're eating bugs. Then like 
We're eating babies. Honestly. Like, <laughs> yeah, I always think of the, I haven't watched it in forever. It's been years, but I always think of the, the school car where everything's bright and colorful. And that's, God, what actress is that doing? Oh, that yeah. Like that really, oh, it's str- the lady from Newsroom. Strange performance that's really pays off well. Yeah. With the eggs and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Maggie, Maggie from Newsroom. Uh, shit. What is her name? Yeah. It's really freaky. Mm hmm. Maggie from Newsroom. Or just like when they, when like they just all like scream Happy New Year and then fight. It's like it's wild. It's just interesting. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, I um, the twist totally works for me. Like I said, I had trouble containing myself. I just was like, wow. And you know, and I just it's it, it it makes the movie sound like the movie is that twist. I think it's it's better than that. It but. Um, God, you know it, it does it does pull it off really well. The I, I, the, the the freakiest, most horrific moment. I mean, because it, it does recall us for me a little bit, um, in in terms of just like a singular moment of like horror that sticks with you visually is when that dude comes up from the basement looking at that fucking cake and just oh, traumatizes yeah. the hell oh, out yeah. of that child. Well, that that's is so very interesting to me and why I. I'm glad he decided this, but it, you could see why this originally started as a play. He had a friend who was a theater. Oh, guy, I didn't know that. And he was like, you should write a play. Like you should try to do something a little more contained. And he, Bong Joon-ho actually was like, um, uh, Kim Ki-woon in this film, the son of the Kim family who he literally bullshitted his way into being a tutor, a language tutor, even though he barely spoke English and wasn't even, quoting to him not that good at korean either um like he still needs a translator a lot of the time so like you know kind of telling how his he does not know english that well enough to be a tutor um and so right he was like ah that was always a funny thing that i did and like what if i made a movie about that obviously none of the other stuff happened by cope um, right his father didn't murder yeah people. <laughs> his father's not currently in a basement and can never leave <laughs> in a, yeah <laughs> crazy class metaphor um oh. but uh uh he was like oh, i'll write a play but i'm really glad that he saw this and just thought like because again there, there are the elements of the peach fuzz and the guy coming up from the stairs and kicking the lady down the stairs which is one of the darkest things i've laughed oh, at in God. a long time yes nobody <laughs> laughed in my theater there's so many times i wanted to laugh in the theater but i didn't want to be the only one and that was one of them where she's a really nice lady but he kicked me down he the stairs understands that he needs a visual <laughs> flair to tell the story i just don't think it would work as well on the stage even though it's really well mm-hmm. written i think a big big part of it is in the presentation yeah. i also think just the crunch of the stair fall to like oh, almost yeah. acts as like an act divide it's it's there's a lot of like there's a lot it's one of those things too where like this yeah it's i can tell it's a very good movie because even when i disagree and like on the divide i'm like oh, i'm not as hot on the second half i'm like yeah but this works and this works and this works and this works and that's a great moment and and all this pulls together it all means something and all fits together and all leads to a perfect thing fuck <laughs> you know yeah. it's, like, it's, it, uh, it's not like a real criticism to say the first half is better i'm curious where where the second half really loses you then like does it become just too no context like, in which it loses me i was about i was about to say okay. I, I think I, i'm not putting this yeah, as like real just, criticism i think I, it's more a commentary on like fucking montage porn for jack and his happy sure. okay. like that's that's like let's like let's not let's not i, I don't want to like codify that as me calling the second half well bad. no this, i mean we're all you know we're all uh 
very enthusiastic about it, so I was drawing out any any potential criticism. Any of no, no, I know it's hard, and I, and, I, and, I, and I think that's the thing. It's like where where do we draw criticisms and lines? It's just like I think I think one of my things is I look at the rest of his filmography and I like I'm like where did the fuck did this come from? <laughs> like yeah, it is especially like after Ocha and Snowpiercer, which are like good, but definitely felt like he was going down. Flawed, flawed, flawed. They're, flawed, they're flawed. very very much uh, more statement movies too. Whereas well, the exactly. thing that yes. It, yes. The thing that he said at, uh, I don't know if it was Con, some film festival, I think, um, that I kept coming back to is like, oh, it's a family film. It's a family drama, you know? <laughs> it's, it's a, I mean, it was kind of a joke, you know, but um, it, it kind of rings true in a way. It, he might just very, be one of those directors and, that just needs to, is better in his home language, you know? It might just be a case of that. Maybe it's a case of it's easier to sell a movie like this in Korea where, like, it's also probably easier to film with your actors and in Korean, and it's probably cheaper, you know, than getting this international cast together and everything like Snowpiercer mm-hmm. did. But I don't know. I'm not sure why. But even the host, I, I felt like, yeah, was interesting. And again, he's often at his best when he's about family because the host is about a family fighting a monster, which is very mm-hmm. makes it interesting versus your typical monster movie. And that's where I first saw him because I was like getting into movies when I was 16 around that time and the buzz was online. It was just like, you've never seen a monster movie like the host. And mm. they're right. <laughs> it's a strange film. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But, um, it, it just was, yes, it's, it's just a, not as satisfying anywhere near. As it, it's as weird. Possible. It's weird. I think one of the other elements here is outside of mother. Um, a lot of his other material, I guess Oakjaw isn't, but Oakjaw Oakja has problems that, I don't know, Oakjaw has problems. Uh, Oakjaw, in my opinion, is not a very good movie, but I think one of the Oakja elements- just makes me feel bad for eating a cheeseburger, so. <laughs> yeah, kind of that's the point. Also, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess that the is point. the point, so that's, you know, it's more of an ideological, it, uh, it, I don't know if only- it is more ideological, if I'm just more sympathetic <sighs> to the ideology in this movie. I- but. I think that's I think I would argue you're more sympathetic to the ideology than you actually are like pushed by the ideology because Oakjaw just makes me roll my eyes a yeah. little bit like that's I think that's the other thing too I think Oakjaw and Snowpiercer have a lot in common in terms of like you know they're very they're quite good well-made films but like the fucking outside message of them is like so bam and it's one of those things where it's just like I think that's the thing is the parasite is the perfect perfected form of him because the it doesn't ever f- punch you in the face with the metaphor in the same sort of way. It's all there. I think and you could argue it does if you are um, like very opposed to its message. I just I haven't talked to a person that is, and I also think it's just it's it's layered in so well. But I I think I think I don't know. Someone really really conservative could be offended by parasite maybe i i don't know if that's that's the point or anything but um i, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know, know. Going, i don't know where i'm going with this but, I, well, uh, I don't know about offended i think there's there's plenty of conservative people that like this movie it's it's not i don't know it's class conscious stuff is 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 interesting i it's just been think, a year for it i mean let's be clear right. like no matter what we think if this is his masterpiece or not he will probably never have another success uh, on this phenomenal level that this film I, has achieved don't you think i mean no i I doubt that. You think oh, it will? Oh, all right. I mean, I don't I think, think you can make a film this acclaimed again 
It's very oh, tough. Sure. That's very. That's I mean, sad. in terms of it being not only a critical success, critical darling, but a popular success because it is just so fucking fun to sit through. Right, and, and like you said, this I, is the year I where like very class different reaction to it got fun, <laughs> like Knives Out too. It's just like yeah, we're gonna that's sneak fair. in the the class metaphors while in a fun you know heist movie slash you know Knives Out was a you know who done it. It, 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 but you're right. I mean, it is the year of that. What is the other movie I was thinking of that was like a very much a class movie? I can't remember. There was like three for sure last year. Um, but it, I think this was the year that was like everyone came down to like eh, the world's problem is all kind of class, right? Like that's the real enemy this whole time. Like it was sort of this very interesting thing I've noticed and change in the last decade. Where like I don't know politically, that's what I see a lot more of now versus like we got to deal with the Republicans or we got to deal with the Democrats. It's more like, I think rich people might be the problem. <laughs> like, um, but I think what I like though this movie isn't, it's just the rich people are the problem. What I like so much about that twist is it's like, there's always someone behind you. Like there's always someone who is underground, you know, that you don't realize even maybe like all society is in a sense built on someone being above someone else in some way or another again see what i'm saying where like my conversation is worse than this movie yeah (laughs) yeah because you see you hear me and you're like oh that just sounds like a tedious fucking chore it's not (laughs) yeah it's not it's not it's not because it's like the thing i want to focus on but i think but i'm I'm trying to think of like a exact example to counter that maybe the fact that the mom is like it's an anti-trauma cake it's a trauma recovery cake at the end you know it's just so fun it's just so funny (laughs) intimately yeah, I think I think the element here it's one of those things too where it it has the the, the kind of the Hamilton effect kind of where you oh, and, that's and a again good fucking comparison. Yeah. Jack. That's a good comparison. You're, you're you're drawing in the fucking it's like you're delivering hard-hitting class issues in such a way that makes it consumable but i think in the i think and this like is even better in hamilton example, like everyone going like we all love this and it made a shitload of money <laughs> and it was like yeah. right <laughs> right and 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 like you're like waiting for when is the hamilton backlash gonna start and like when is the parasite backlash gonna start but i'm yeah, sure I the hamilton this, backlash happened and i just don't follow broadway enough it it does you know it's it's one of those things i feel like we're i feel like one of the criticisms of hamilton is that it's 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 messages then toothless and i think that's kind of where i say mm, fuck you like you know like it's one of those things too if that's a criticism that you have for this movie that it's why is its message it, toothless it, its message isn't toothless is my point but it's 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 consumable do you know what I mean? Oh, it's like the rent. It's, it's like yeah. it's like the rent message. Like, yes, AIDS is bad, but we put it in such a way that Republicans can go see it. Right. I mean, it's something that people talk about with Broadway. It's like Broadway can't ever be too political. Well, right. to there are a lot of money. jokes about white people loving Hamilton that are probably sure. well earned. And like <laughs> there's yeah. been criticism lobbied that the rap is not that good and it's like, you know, more white friendly rap in a sense it's not that confrontational again it's all hamilton stuff like i don't want to get into <laughs> yeah it's, it's like it's the yeah first off we're not we need first like, off when we, everybody sees a goddamn play everyone's so eventually there can be people who don't like it and it's the same for this movie it's like yeah. if this movie just came out and made eight million dollars and not even like it usually makes like 1.5 in america like the biggest grossing movie of less of like Chinese, like the second or third was the wandering earth. And it made like a dollar in America, you know, like, yeah, these movies that are huge overseas don't always have the same impact. It's just because they're big overseas. Doesn't mean 
they are here. And sometimes it's weirdly the the reverse, where like um, Crouching Tiger was not that big a hit in China, but it was a huge hit here. Like it's sort of, and Chinese people were like, "Eh, it's kind of more of a martial arts movie made for white people. You know, that was kind of the 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 stigma of it at in mainland china and yes i did see the wandering earth and it's bad <laughs> it's a weird movie yeah that's bad. it's it's whoa it's a it's it's that's some i have to admit every once in a while i get i see like a communism like i don't mean to it does feel like it yeah it's 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 it feels very like a, propagandistic yeah, it is. yeah it's like I, I i don't know i always see like the proper the heavy propaganda movies from china and i'm just like holy fuck i just it's can't more than great wall i thought great wall was a lot but that is and it maybe like watch that movie and i'm like is China going to start killing people about the environment? Because <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like we got to get together to save the earth or we're dying. Right. And I'm like, oh, shit. I think China's about to do some I, shit, I, guys. Yeah, I was like, I was like they're going to use it as justification to bomb people. Like, what the fuck? Mm, like, it's, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a movie I said in the theater. I was like, ugh. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. But anyways, I think, I, I don't, it's not even a comparison to this stuff. So it's, again, South Korea. I think, I think but yeah, South Korea. I, I think, that can be a, a concern for a movie like this, but it was a huge hit in South Korea too. Like it wasn't a case of like, this was a movie made for Americans. Like it is just kind of, I think tapping into a general overall feeling right now, which is just, yeah, the class consciousness feeling like there is wealth inequality in a shitload of countries right now. It's not just the U S and it's like something that is being talked about a lot and thought about a lot. And like, yeah. And also, Frankly, it's fun. It's like, so even if you go, like, it is the, uh, 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 a critic I like once called said that Robocop is kind of the perfect movie because it works for the smartest person in the room and the dumbest person in the room. And, uh, Parasite is close to that where it's like, yeah, you can come into this movie just wanting to fun, crazy, weird melodrama and have a great time and not even think a second about what it's trying to say. And yeah. maybe I, the I, ending I, won't get you as much, but like, you're going to enjoy the shit at least the first hour. Yeah, I I think that's the distinction here is like for me, there's a distinction between the level of filmmaking of the film itself, like just the quickness, just the like just the punchiness. It's weird to go into a movie and just be glad it's a movie like that's like just a pure reason that it's not that that it's the type of movie or it has a message or something else. It's weird to just be like, yeah, it's just very it doesn't. And that's the other thing, too. It doesn't do. It doesn't do Dutch. Ang- well, I guess I guess there are Dutch angles in there, right? I think not, so. not really. Yeah, I, I I think that's the thing too. I think I, the would, thing I wouldn't me, remember. Don't go don't go off of my no, it's, like it's, in, incoherent rim. It's typically noises. very painterly. It's tip. There's very little. I don't think there's any handheld, and it's all mostly. Yeah, it's it's. I think I think the beauty beauty for me is that if you are even remotely into cinematography, I think that it's they do so much with so little on purpose. Do you know what I mean? That's like, it's, it's very much like, and then they use the space in such a way to tell a story. It's just a, it's just a very, it's just, I think that's the thing. I think as, as like, you know, having studied film, I, find it a joy to watch. And I think that's separate from the really good outside class consciousness outside of the fact that the movie is fucking hilarious. Uh, and I think that's the dark humor. I think you have all three elements that put it together that make the hard hitting message palatable for audiences. And I think that's, I think that's the, I think, I think the way that it makes it palatable is in its own way better and probably less toothless than the way that, that you know that criticism is leveled at Hamilton again. I like Hamilton too. I don't know why the fuck I'm acting like Hamilton is toothless. I don't. It's something I've read. So well, well let's talk about um, the two things that 
I do think I've seen criticism over. Like the two things I've seen the most criticism over, which is number one. Um, so the the big final set piece is you know they've discovered this family. They they've kicked this uh, wife down the stairs. She ends up dying from a concussion, basically, and her husband manages to escape. You know, knocks out the son. We think he's dead, and uh, does in fact kill with, the daughter with the scholar rock, which is which like was just metaphor just, literally to the head. <laughs> yeah, it, that's that's that is what my favorite moment in that movie when he hits him with the scholar rock, and it's such a it's such a dumb metaphor, but it's like such a, something so dumb that just gets me. You know, I'm oh, just yeah. like, oh it's yeah, it's a rock. Payoff. This movie has great payoffs. If you're a fan of the payoff, this is a, the movie. And so, but he does manage, he does actually kill the, the daughter before being uh, killed by the mom. I think the mom kills it. But uh, the attacker gets killed. Um, the, the, the father of the, uh, the uh, rich family um, who has been criticizing the uh, dad several times over his smell because he lives in a uh, crummy apartment. Um, and uh, afterwards, they just had a flood. So they were covered in sewage and he smells even worse. And, um, he just mentions the stink more than I think of the guy who attacked him, but it's something that's been in his head and this just causes him to snap and he stabs the dad to death. Uh, the dad of the, uh, poorer family stabs the richer family's dad. To yeah. Death. And it's also the, the element, the background element that he kept telling him he smelled and yes. stuff. And was... I guess the question is, do you feel that that was earned? Because it seems to be a thing that some people feel kind of comes out of nowhere. And my answer, I quick think... answer is no, it's, it's totally earned. Yeah, it's earned. Uh, I think it's earned. I think it's earned obliquely through the rest of the family's hardships too. I think. Yeah, like I, people I think the his whole sister, movie. His daughter just got stabbed in front of his face, and he's like, being like, "My family comes first, You know, like that's also a big part of it. You know, and I think the smell is just the final trigger of it all. Right, and and the smell making it about the smell is about putting it on the plane of those two individuals right there. Mm-hmm. But he he hates him because of the fact that you know he is he's like why am I inherently worthless? Which is like I it it, it ties too much into the movie's main theme to be unearned. How about that? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah I was about to say I can't I can't wait to hear what these two main criticisms are so we can irrefutably refute them. <laughs> Well, sorry. The other main I'm really sorry. We are trying. <laughs> before before it gets a nine or nine point five, let's just put in the let's put in the, the fucking footwork. The other main criticism is that everyone's too unattractive. Um, no, uh, <laughs> some real terrible trash take. Um, no, the other main criticism oh, is what we talked man. about, which is the the final kind of thing where it seems so through. A, complicated series of events the dad ends up getting stuck in the basement of the house another family moves in after the park family leaves uh, he can't really escape because they're always there or at least the housekeeper's always there so he just steals food and lives in the basement much like the other family and he leaves sort of morse codes to uh, tell his family where he is the son sees him and has a sort of vision of like it seems like it's actually the truth that like he's going to become real rich and he's going to buy the house and his dad can just walk up the stairs because the dad's obviously not wanted for murder. Um, and uh, just live in the house and, and everything will be better. But then it cuts to him in the basement. And that was all just sort of a uh, implied a fantasy in his head um, of what he'll do. And maybe he can never achieve that because, you know, the I guess the Korean dream in this case. Um, I don't know if that's a thing. But uh, at least the, uh, the, the, the archetype we know as the American dream in our country of, of you can achieve anything if you just try is, you know 
is that truly possible kind of thing. Yeah. Um, again, the scholar rock. It's I think it, one of the things that it definitely contextual. I think a strong strength to this because, like, we just say the American dream. I think it contextualizes it of like the dream of education. That if you just try hard enough, you'll be able sure, to educate sure, yourself sure. and do it. It's definitely bootstraps all that jazz, but it's not. I don't think you know they, they have. It's interesting. To, it's just it's very fascinating for the fact that I got them recontextualizing something that seems so inherently American using different contexts but i immediately connected and we connected those two things and it's the same shit it's the same shit you know it's, and it's 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 amazing to me that a different culture can contextualize something in such a way not that the culture itself contextualizes it he contextualizes it in such a way that it's so easy for me to just be like got it right sure for sure and i think that's a universal thing of like yearning to be better off than you are and being told probably in many societies that you can be and then yeah hope hope yes. inherently inherently hopeful versus yeah and the idea like is that hope even like worth a damn <laughs> like you know because right. is it even possible really right or or just like the lack there hope you know blind hope and everything else it's oh my god oh, i think it's incredible i think it's just, it's just incredible final sequence and i think that one I don't buy as much for people because either I think they're misinterpreting what that final shot is. Like they think they missed that the final shot clearly positions it as a fantasy or they just want it to be better. <laughs> like they just don't want it to end on such a bummer. <laughs> There's yeah, I, I think I think. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was I, like I think the- uh Actually, I can't say the movie because I will spoil it in some way. I will just say there's a certain movie that came out that got a very bad negative audience reaction, I think, because audiences really, really didn't want what happened to happen. Even though I think that movie does not end the way it does without it happening, uh, there's just no way that makes sense. It's well, at least tell me the movie. Like, oh man, I, we we gotta. I gotta know what that is. <laughs> yeah, just come on. All right, just, spoiler you alert. You can't do this. Potential spoiler alert. It's uncut gems. So. Uncut, it's what? Uncut oh, gems. uncut gems. I haven't yeah. seen. Oh, it. I don't, I don't yeah. care. I don't know when I'll get around to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. He knows what I'm talking. Yeah. He knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, Ooh, there's yeah. no way on, that on movie doesn't end that yeah. way. But it's uh, it's just not something that audiences really want to see, you know. And I think hmm. probably why Parasite is gets away with it is that it's just like you know, even if it kind of bums you out at the end, it's like well, well, well that makes me think of. Is uh, when I saw this at the draft house, there was a whole bunch of interviews just with Bong Joo Ho beforehand, and he was talking about how um, he like likes genre films but doesn't want to make genre films, and that's just kind of a not a genre film ending to an extent, isn't it? I mean, right? Yeah, that you're denied catharsis. Yeah, um, the genre film classically, especially if we're talking about Hitchcock, is that the bad guy gets caught. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. I mean, it already is defined convention that there's no bad guy like well the closest analog to this hitchcock is the bad guy society all right bye everyone um the uh, <laughs> the closest analog also we live in one we live in a society oh shit really um, <laughs> i uh that's probably uh, bad the closest analog to i th- think that this movie gets to in terms of hitchcock is probably uh Oh shit! Now I forgot the name of the movie. Uh, the movie where the murderer moves into the house and like she thinks that her uncle is actually the secret murderer, 
Uh, I forget the name of that movie. Can I take a wild guess having seen next to no Hitchcock movies? Sure. What? Is it Dial M for Murder? It isn't Dial M for Murder, which is a good film. Uh, I tried. What? Since Dude, when have I, you not seen? I haven't seen any movies like before You've seen 1970. Rear Window with me. Shadow no. of a Doubt. This is the film Shadow of a Doubt. At least in terms of just like the only really connection I'm saying is just like it mostly takes place in a house <laughs> and is a lot of people walking around and spying on and sneaking and yeah, sort of subterfuge and little glances of things being major payoffs later on. Uh, it, that's kind of the closest analog I can think of. But that film is very much like bad guy. Is he bad guy? Figure it out. And then they could conclude it. <laughs> and it's good. It's very mm. good for that reason. It's not a bad thing. But uh, yes, I think there's a sense where this has very twinge of genre, but maybe it doesn't fall 100% into a genre exercise, which is probably why Snowpiercer for so many people is like garbage town. Because <laughs> just want to see. I don't, I don't think anyone says it's garbage. I I've mean, heard some pretty negative takes on Snowpiercer, at least when it first came yeah. out. I, I but is, are you invoking the ending in that sense of being like the ultimate the ending for sure. unsatisfying ending? Yeah. yeah it, I think people just wanted to see Chris great. Evans axe some people to the end and be like, I have the train now. And it will yeah. be a good train equality. <laughs> or or he just or he actually just takes Ed Helm's deal and like becomes evil and it's the whole point of society is, you know, rising to the top. There's like there's such a better metaphor in there to be unpacked. Especially because you know like Snowpiercer like, is like peak climate change nihilism, in my opinion. Where it's like it is about <laughs> climate change, literally, because that's what starts the plot of the movie. And because they try to fix climate change and it causes the snow to get the, the world to get frozen. Um and it's like literally ends in like fuck it, <laughs> just burn it all down. <laughs> it's all garbage, and you're like, fine, jeez, sure, sure, why not? Yeah, yeah. I, guess if, uh, I guess if you're right, if the answer is this or eating babies, it's not better. But come on, man, <laughs> it is. It does have us literally eat babies to survive. So it does. You know, it's not. This is a whole famous monologue yeah. in that movie. And it's, I guess, I know what babies taste like. Also, I don't know, Evan's delivering it. It's just such a bad choice. I mean, he's a good character in it. He's a great actor. It's just like, he's actually got chops, but it's just somehow he's so memeable in his own way that it's like, it blows I know my what mind. baby tastes like. And that's like. a classic <laughs> example of like, I feel like something was lost in translation. I feel like there's a Korean language version mm-hmm. of this that makes, mm-hmm. just sounds better in the ear somehow, you know. Just babies taste best. It's just like, what <laughs> did you just say? <laughs> Oh, that, yeah, I that, forgot they literally eat babies in that movie, don't they? Like, you guys aren't yeah, they just don't show it, but right they mention that, he's but, like, yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, when it first started, we ate everybody. We loved eating. Oh, my God. Okay, let's do some Which, scores, As people guys, point out, on. like, why are you grossed out about bugs, man? You were eating kids. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, I, I, I feel like I feel like you'd be further along the survival train, right? Like, you're, right, like, you're like, oh, yeah, bugs, that's a good. Fucking beetles. Fuck, yeah, that's a meal. Like, that's I, I don't much know. better than humans. I, I ate bugs in Boy Scouts. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's, it's a lot nothing, of cultures even... still eat bugs. Good protein. It's fine. Yeah, it's, no, it's not solid. Depending on the bug. Depending on the bugs, yeah. If that's your options, eat some bugs. Don't eat people. That's what I ate a bee once. Really. Don't ask me how bad it went. Mm. Mm. I don't want to talk about it. Anyways. Right, let's score it. <laughs> I want to leave. <laughs> okay, let's, let's go ahead and do some scores on this because I, I am curious and also interested. I, I do want to throw it to you first, Ben. Uh, I mean, I think if you, you know, you say it's one of the best decades, it's obvious it's a 10. It's a 10 out of 10. I think it's just... 
one of those rare movies that is just just kind of flawless. Um, I, I don't, it's it's just the first hour is just so tight, and then the second hour is just such an interesting deconstruction of the first hour in a very interesting way. It never kind of it's kind of amazing that it, it, it it's one of those great kind of tripwire movies where you you think it's gonna fall off into a cliff at any minute, and you're like, well. At least the first hour is good. Well, at least the first 90 minutes is good. And then you get to the end, and you're like, wow, every hour and 32 minutes was great. That's yeah, kind of remarkable. And, and, and I think it's yeah. why it's so universally acclaimed. I think it is just one of those films you see and you're like, huh, it's just, this is perfect. This is kind of perfect. Like, it's, I, I, I mean, even though I think, like you said, I can see why people may not love it. And, and um, I don't want to say that every single critic in the world is like, you know, give it. This is the perfect film. And 2019 was a great year. There was a lot of very interesting films that came out. Of course, like always, they all came out in the last two months, so I'm way behind on some. But mm. uh, uh, it was a, a, a very fascinating film. I think the ending is what really sells it for me. I think any film that ends in a uh, just kind of perfectly. There's a, a great Roger Ebert quote where he says that like the best feeling is the when the world is when you're watching a movie and you're like, oh, please be the final shot please be the final shot and it is the final shot you're like yes <laughs> like <laughs> it is just such a good feeling and I, and I had that with this film um it, it just just great and also i want to mention real quick that uh, uh there was news of a parasite tv show that they're gonna do a limited series and bong joon ho is i heard an interview with him and he's like well you know the script was much longer and i didn't get to expand everything no <laughs> that is why no. this movie is so good it <laughs> It is a perfect example of me of a movie that could be three and a half hours, but it cuts all the fat. It's just like seamless also, and fast and wow, just perfect filmmaking. Let's let's talk about all the fat in Snowpiercer and Oakja. Oakja specifically, sure. Has, yeah. Oakja, Oakja is just there's a lot of stuff at Oakja which just needed to hit the cutting room all floor. got eaten by Jake Gyllenhaal all the scenery <laughs> <laughs> all, <laughs> yeah. which also all right. I want to just say like if you haven't seen John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch it's very funny and there's just another sequence of Jake Gyllenhaal being a ham bone. Yeah, yeah and after Oakja and Velvet Buzzsaw I'm like is Jake Gyllenhaal just going to Netflix and like let me be weird. I want to be weird. <laughs> I'm really weird. <laughs> and I'm handsome, so people won't let me be weird. <laughs> I'm cursed with handsomeness. Anything John, Johnny Depp figured that one out. I'm Netflix. sure he can, too. Right? Yeah, different different yeah. time. but Different yeah. time, but still. Yeah, though, somehow Johnny Depp found a way to be like a billionaire doing it. It's very strange. <laughs> All right, Trevor, you give me your score. Um, I don't have any reason not to give it a 10, too. It's, I can't think of any reason not to. Is that a weird way to... I don't know, I don't know how else It makes me feel that. super pressured to give it a 10. I, I will say that. That's that's like really <laughs> kind of a dick super pressured to not give it a 10? Like, like, is a part of you like, can we really just say this is like the perfect 10 MGP movie? Like, this is our... You know, I don't think we've given it to anything else. So we've not way given to, it to anything way to pour else. on the pressure, Ben. Good job. It, yeah, that's what Jack just a little bit. It is because, like, my notion is I was going to give it a nine point five, and 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 I do think the justification here is like, what's wrong with this movie? Nothing's wrong with this movie, <laughs> other than I don't think I'll watch it very much ever again. 
because I had a very, I will outline this. I had a very different reaction to you guys where you guys, oh, it's a joy to watch. I had a very like requiem for a dream watch with this oh. where I was like, I, oh, had to, wow. I had to pee the whole fucking time. Like I was watching this. Like I was like, fuck all good things, right? Like not a bad thing, all good things. I just think like I got out of this movie and I was like, I felt wobbly on my legs. Like I was like, whoa. I was waiting so, for us to come back around to that and what that meant. You were like very stressed out the whole time. I'm, I'm I was, yeah, I was stressed out and like, and I like, and I like couldn't leave to pee and I needed to pee. So maybe that's <laughs> like the point five is like, I needed to pee during this movie and you I You need the run pee app. Cause I can already, I, they're probably, there was no they're, moment in this movie that was not important. I agree. With How that. about that? I agree. Yeah, the the run pee app would make you go in a, a time where you're like, why? <laughs> yeah. The run P app is like, well, the tuberculosis thing is not that important. Fuck you. No, <laughs> fuck you. All right. I'll give it a 10. I'm actually I, very I, curious I, now what the run P app says. The scenes to skip are. I'm gonna look this. Yeah. How about how about this? Here, I'm gonna try to give you it out. What about the, the youngest character saying it's so metaphorical all the time? Okay, how about this? If we give it, because I like I give that. It a, look, look. If I give it a nine point five, this final score is still ten. So yeah. who cares? Yeah, okay, there you go. I, we're, I'm fighting over something that's not really a thing. That's fine. Anyways, wh- whether or not I I give it a ten or not, the final score from MGP is a ten out of 10 the first time we've ever given a movie a perfect fucking score uh that's intense actually um i think there's one other instance where, where a perfect score happened but i wasn't on for that one so i don't count it because i'm usually a fucking asshole about that sort of thing <laughs> I, i'm sorry i don't i don't know what i'm talking about right now i i don't want to say anything but i think it was like a I don't know who was on. I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus. <laughs> we got close with Moonlight, and um, yeah, no, you, they didn't. I was, give I was a perfect score. They didn't give Moonlight a perfect that, score. No, it was. No, I remember. I said, I said we got close, yeah. but it wasn't. Yeah, no, I'm just thing. saying it wasn't like that group. Like they, the, you guys actually were like very solid nines all the way through for stuff, which is like that's the thing. Is like everybody here is like, even I if you really like a movie, what's up? Ten. I don't know if I thought I did. Maybe I didn't. I'll have to go update everybody's scores so we can look at that because I actually want to know that. It's like I, now I would give it a ten, but maybe I was more hesitant back then. The point I, is, yeah. you should see the goddamn movie. Yes. It's very good. <laughs> this yes. is why we came back to a movie oh, more than a year later in January because we wanted to, and also January sucks. And I have I haven't been able to see Sonic yet, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh, that's no, such you're a poor. There you go. Yeah. All right. For the Movie Gang Podcast, this has been Ben Haworth. Thank you, guys. Trevor Flynn. Yo, bye. And I've been your host, Jack Newman. Head on over to the Tuscan Shed Media Network where you check out all our other podcasts, including Animania. You can go listen to this week. If this was too artsy-fartsy for you, you're like, oh, these guys, all they want to talk about is really deep, interesting, great movies. <laughs> this you can go listen to me literally review a porn on Animania. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just, like, you know, it couldn't. Yeah, and let's not forget that like in a month it'll be like Harley Quinn movie and Sonic movie. Like we're we're going back. We're going back to the well. <laughs> yeah, we can't Yeah, we can't we can't not get sucked out of January and February. So, you know, there you are. <laughs> 
Anyways, do go check out our our Animania and our review of Interspecies Interspecies reviewers and Bofori. You know, if you need to like tone down yourself after this episode, go check those out. Also, head on over to TuscanShed.com. Check out all our other podcasts. And you know, while you're there, you can click on the links to our individual iTunes sites where you can give us reviews, which we would really appreciate. It helps drive us up the charts, gets more people interested, get, grows a bigger community. And if you want to be part of that community, head on over to Facebook and Twitter and check out all our stuff there. We would really appreciate that. One last time, again, go check out Parasite. First 10 we've ever given. Really appreciate that. From everyone here at the Movie Gang Podcast and the Tuscan Shed Media Network, one last time. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>